0: My name's Marcy. I'm a hairstylist and suite owner out of North Carolina. I actually work at two locations throughout the state, and Schedulicity helps me manage my busy schedule in both places. Um, it's so easy to send emails to the different client lists, to book clients for the different clients' lists and toggle back and forth in the app. Um, it's kind of killer for me. I love it so much. I grew up in the age of everything online and being able to do everything through my phone, manage my day to day, send out emails, process payments, everything, um, is such a huge help as a small business owner, um, and someone who's out there hustling and grinding every single day. Um, and a huge shout out to Schedulicity and everything that they done, um, immediately when COVID hit the industry and just stepping up to the plate with no questions asked
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast.
1: Hey, hey. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I'm sitting with my boy Tony. What's up, Bob? What's
2: going on, brother? You? What's going on, man? Man, it, it just. Every every week that I'm here in this chair next to you is a good week, brother. I, I agree, man. It's so nice
1: to kind of be uh, be face to face again. It makes make, certainly makes our conversation a lot easier,
2: you know. Not not playing the, the video games. Yeah, it feels comfortable. It feels home. It's, it's awesome, dude. And, and better conversation coming home, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Which yeah. is weird because
1: you were at home when we were having the other conversation. Yeah, <laughs> something about it was just off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So cool. I mean, I'm so glad that you know we're able to do this and
2: we're able to do it, you know, face to face as yeah. opposed to face to screen kind of thing. Um, um and I think after this, the next couple of weeks, it won't be face to face. But
1: oh well, yeah. People don't know I'm going on vacation. Oh, town, okay.
2: Sorry, I don't know that. <laughs> that's, a
1: little, that's, that's the secret sauce. You right. Know? Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Um. So, dude, our our guest today. Um. She kind of actually. She kind of came on my radar uh, pretty much at the beginning of COVID, and um, we wanted to bring her in. Um, she's, just, she's just really dynamic, and we kind of wanted to bring her in on the podcast, but we just kind of wanted to get through the COVID thing because the conversation isn't really going to be about COVID necessarily. But um, but as with everything moving forward, COVID I'm I'm, I'm assuming is going to um, play a big role in, in all of our conversations.
2: Oh, you know? 100%. I mean, COVID it has affected every mm-hmm. single – Person in this industry, one way or another yeah, right? yeah. so well, as, I think
1: there's only one way I, I, I really don't know what the other way is because right. I think we've all been like we, we've all been beaten by it right we've all been whack a mole
2: yeah 100 percent and so you know everybody's going to experience something a little different, and then somebody's going to find a way to work through it and you know and able to hunt. they have a definitely a, an open mic on our on our podcast to come mm-hmm. and uh, share that so you can help others. Uh, that might be struggling through the same thing. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to
1: make fun of our guest today a little bit because uh, during the beginning of COVID, I was kind of exploring the uh, the, the at-home kits, uh, the, the you know, for our clients. And I'm not sure if she was giving me a hard time about it or not, but she definitely reached out about it and was like, what the hell are you doing? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I, we'll probably talk about that a little bit. Um, right. Uh, it, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that while we get in. She didn't know that. I just kind of her Up. So um, today our guest is Jennifer Jade Alvarez. Um, if you don't follow uh, Jennifer Jade, you need to. She, she's dynamic. She um, she's done it all in this industry. Literally, she um, she started off in a commission salon, and like many many others, she go over to a salon suite well now she's doing the next evolution in our industry and she actually opened up her own salon and she has her own staff so now she's now she's the commission people that people are going to leave for for a suite i guess but but she just opened her salon and um uh you know i think it was back in, uh, last year late last year so you know she's kind of working through this covid thing as a new salon owner too so um she's learned a lot she's done a lot um she's definitely an inspiration and she's also a fellow podcaster because uh she has a podcast called the beauty game changer podcast so um you know, if you dig what she has to say, make sure that you go to your uh, your podcast apps and and, and download her app. Um, should we get in? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let do her in. Okay, cool. So, Miss Jennifer Jade Alvarez, welcome to your day all.
3: Thank you, guys. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Tony. It's such a pleasure to be here today.
2: Dude, it's our pleasure, man. Truly. Yeah, <laughs> we we've been talking about you. For, <clears throat> excuse me for a while. So it's just it's good now we can talk to you instead of about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This
3: is
2: welcome, the welcome new the coffee show.
1: talk right here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's <it>. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, <salut. laughs> Cheers. Yeah, welcome. So um, Just for our listeners to know, so uh, Jennifer reached out to us in the most professional way that anyone's ever reached out to us. She just she kind of she emailed us this whole like profile about about what she's what she's about, what she can talk about, and it's just super mega articulate and 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 all that jazz, and, and we knew that we're like, we got to get her on, because she's crazy, so we, then we, uh, we, we schedule her, and two days before the podcast, she sends us an entire itinerary about what we're going to talk about, so, so, you know, thank you for that, because you, you certainly made our job very, very easy on this
2: end, right? Oh,
3: thank
2: so, you, I try to be type A. <laughs> <laughs> try to be, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we get into uh, all this, where did you grow up?
3: I grew up in a really tiny town called Clifton, 1400 people, and now I am living in Naperville, Illinois. It's about 30 miles south of Chicago in the burbs.
1: In the burbs. Where um where's Clifton? Is that in Illinois as well?
3: Um yes, it's probably about maybe about 2 hours south of Chicago in the middle of the cornfields.
1: Uh
2: less girl yeah we like the (laughs) cornfields maybe drive through them and stuff
3: it's a cute town but I had to get out
2: (laughs) yeah right so okay so when did you get out I mean were you uh, did you just discover the industry while you were there or after you left there
3: No, you know, my school had a trade school and they sent all of us to this school and I chose to do cosmetology. So my high school actually paid for me to go to beauty school. And so when I graduated high school, I had my cosmetology license. And then I dabbled around trying to navigate my way through the industry. And I was like, I don't like the small town Mm -hmm. uh, hair, hair shop. So I came up to the Chicagoland area and I just Fell in love with Naperville, which is where I currently live, and it's just it's more high end, but yet still family, um, still you know spacious neighborhoods. Um, and then from there, I found a salon that I really loved, and and I just kind of hit the ground running. That's pretty cool. Hey, so why do why do uh, people from Chicago call it Chicago Land? Because it's not like downtown Chicago; it's like the land of Chicago. So, right. Chicago so, land. So, so is Chicago it's land way. like the suburbs of Chicago? The suburbs of Chicago, yeah. Okay. I don't know, Chicago land. Chicago land. I mean, I
2: dig it. Can we call this DC land? Right. If we were still in DC, no. <laughs> well, <this is> DC <laughs> land? We're in a different state. Well, that's true. Well, that, yeah, right. <laughs> that's
1: crazy. So, so you, uh, so your high school actually had a
3: cosmetology program. It was a. Um, like a trade school, so you could do automotive, you could do nursing, you could do computers, and they thankfully had a cosmetology school, which they piggybacked off of the Pivot Point curriculum. Um, and honestly, you guys, I had to pay five hundred dollars for my kit, and that was it. Oh my so god! So my mom and dad were like, "Thank Welcome you, America." Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you early. I, I, I think. I
1: think yeah. the schools local here are like twenty five grand now or something. Oh,
2: crazy, yeah. Yes, it's crazy. I right, mean, you figured thirty years ago when we went, it was five uh, grand. Uh, counting our trip in the thing, I think oh. we were like eleven or twelve grand. Yeah. yeah. Wow, so crazy. That's only really right. twenty
1: five years to pay it off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, so crazy. So so then you uh, You're in Naperville, so you're working at a commission salon. I kind of talked about it when we were were introducing you. So you started off in a commission salon and then went to a salon suite, and all that happened in Naperville?
3: Yes, yes, all that happened. Naperville is probably about 150,000 people, um, and we also have over 200 salons. So yes, nail salons, massage places, hair salons, um, you name it. Hundred
2: times the population. (laughs) <laughs>
3: yeah, there's a ton of competition for sure in this area, but wow. also a lot of choices as well for customers and
2: professionals. That's awesome. So, all right, let's, let's, now let's start the journey here. You know let's what I mean? It. So, okay, so it, you eventually found a salon that you loved or that you liked, so you stayed. At what point did you start to... Designing or coming up with the, the, the Jennifer <clears throat> Jade Alvarez you know curriculum
3: well, I kind of always had it in me that idea that I wanted to have a salon. and so while I was working behind the chair at this commission salon, I went to a local community college and I started taking a business co- course where we really broke down business planning. And it was great because I worked with all of these retired professionals and I had this massive dream of, I'm going to open this huge salon and spa. It's going to be like 5,000 square feet. I was dreaming big, not very realistically. Um, And as I started to go through the numbers in, in this program, I realized this is scary I can't move forward because I don't have that kind of money. Like who who's going to give me a couple million dollars so I can pursue this dream. And, you know, and here I am with only my commission um, behind the chair experience. So after I came to the real, realization that that's probably not realistic, I started to backtrack and really start to focus in on like my education and my specialty and just navigating my way through the beauty industry and making great connections and networking. Um, and then from there, I still just had this desire. Like, I want more. I, I want more than just behind the chair right now. And so I just kept on learning more.
1: When, when you, um when you were taking the business classes, was, did your, uh, did your salon owner, did, did, was the writing on the wall kind of, so to speak? Because nobody's, yeah. nobody's going to take a business class just to live behind the chair, right?
3: You know, I think that um, I felt like I had a really good relationship with um, the owner and I, I'm a very transparent person. So I actually, one day we went out for breakfast and I said, I just want to let you know that I really would like to open up a salon. And I remember distinctively, she said to me, okay you have my blessing. Don't take my staff and make sure that you are with, you know, abiding by the contract, which was make sure that you are five miles away from my salon. Um, And I think that that was looking back. I'm not for sure if that was the right thing for me to do to like go forward and tell her that, that I'm going to pursue this. Um, But I also felt like she gave me a ton of opportunities to, Meet people. She introduced me to um, several of my mentors uh, a long time ago that would allow me to do like platform artist work and travel to the hair shows and educate. And that was all because of the connections that she made. So I just felt like, out of respect, I needed to say that. Um, however, that being said, years down the road, mind you, I was there for 11 years and I probably told her in 2000 seven 2008 the opportunities got smaller and smaller rightfully so right because why would you invest in somebody that you know is going to be leaving you so i think that at that point things started to maybe fall apart a little bit
2: (laughs) right i kind of get that right because i mean as a salon owner right here you are investing in your team and you have this one team member that wants to leave to start their own team. Great. You know, I I applaud her for giving you the blessing and not trying to sabotage your dreams, but yet why would she invest so much more into you knowing that you're just going to take it and and, and roll with it. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, that's, tricky situation it, it is for both you know and you know I, I guess my question to you
1: Jennifer is now as a commission-based you know <laughs> where would you position yourself you know would you do would you, would you be as as understanding you know and would you would you continue to invest or you know you do because because you, your investments in, in your staff are, are, are not limitless. limitless or limited limited limitless right
3: Yeah, I think that, and and that's a good point that you bring up. I think that we, as salon owners now, we really need to make the opportunities, um, like you said, endless, but also how do we make this as attractive as possible and engaging as possible to keep your staff there? Um, And I think it's important to have really great leadership. And I felt like I had really great leadership, but once I started feeling like now I'm limited. Now I feel like I am, you know, I can't get any more commission. Um, I'm not getting the opportunities that I once was, you know, it was just like more and more looking attractive going elsewhere. Um, and at the time too, um, and I feel like this is very, um, soft, um, misinterpretation of salon suites who would say you get to take a hundred percent home of all your money.
2: Well, <laughs> that's going to be my question is because, you know, she might've forced your hand to move on because she, she prevented maybe the growth that you were looking for because you told her that you wanted to open up a salon. But how do you know when you're ready to move on though, move on from a, a salon to a salon suite? I mean, how do you, I know she forced your hand or maybe, you know, not necessarily forced you into it, but, you know, she stopped maybe a little bit of the growth that that was in front of you. But someone that's sitting in a salon now, I mean, what would you say or how would you put it that, you know, for them to find out if they're ready or not to to join a suite?
3: Yeah. I I mean, I definitely think that have you exhausted all of your opportunities? You know, I, I've always been the type of person who is like, I'll volunteer for this. I'll go to this event. Um, I'll go to this show. I'll teach a class. I'll mentor the people. And so even though I had that discussion um, a, a long time ago and had the ideas of opening up my salon, I still was giving 110% of myself to that business because I cared about my reputation. I cared about my my guests. And I just have a passion for teaching and helping other people grow. But then when, you know, I think that, in any type of salon, there's going to be pros and cons. You know, there's going to be things that you may disagree with the owners or the management or the leadership, or maybe you have some type of, um, maybe the team that you're surrounded with is not, and not good. Um, so I think that if you've expired, exhausted all of those opportunities and you feel like you're giving it your all and you're not getting that in return, then I'd say, that's when you need to start exploring other things because it's a give and take always. I think that you, the more you give, you will get, but if you're not receiving anything in return, then I feel like you're being used, abused. And, and I think it's, it's time to venture out to see, you know what, sometimes you have to make your own opportunities
1: and just to be clear, when you left that salon, you went into a salon suite. You didn't. You didn't go to open your own commission salon, right?
3: You know, I, and this is. I probably would say. To everybody, don't do what I did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think we all would make that advice. (laughs) (laughs) I
3: I just got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I disagree with this, that, and that. Looking back now, it's like, you know what? That was their business. They were operating the way they wanted to. And I just didn't find that to work with aligning with my morals and values. And I should have just at that point said, you know what? It's okay. You do you, I'm going to do me. I just left. I left. I left my clients. I didn't contact anybody. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, thankfully my husband granted me grace of basically um, crying and melting down <laughs> on the couch for like an hour uh, for like a week or two. And he was like, you got to do something. You got to do something with your life, do something. And I knew that like opening up a salon, having staff, Um, finding a place, getting a build out. It it just wasn't realistic. And it was crazy how just down the street, about maybe six months prior, a brand new salon suite opened up. And being in a commission salon, it was always like ingrained in me that doing a salon suite is a bad thing. It's a bad thing for our industry because they're hurting our industry financially. And I can see how some salon suite owners do things off of the book, under the table, and not do things correctly. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. And just because some people have done things wrong doesn't mean that it's completely a wrong avenue to take your career. So I was very, like, anti-sweet. Like, no, no, it, my career will just go down the drain from there if I choose to do that. But I went to the salon suite probably four times before I made that commitment and it was a beautiful salon suite. Um, and so after a few weeks, I left in February, March 1st, I opened up a refined beauty, um, a salon suite and I just kept per, uh, persevering and moving forward.
1: Were, were you able to pick up some of your, um, some of your guests from the other salon?
3: I posted some things on Facebook and thankfully, um, Thankfully they found me and, you know, when you're under a contract, you know, and I think this is um, probably quite a debate of, does it hold up in court? I contacted some lawyers cause I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm scared. I don't want to get sued. Um, and I don't want to start up a new business on the wrong foot. Um, so I was trying to just like abide by what was right. Um, and I'd have to say, you have to have the right personality. Yes. Business is a lot, but I think personality, are you hungry? Are you motivated? Like, look, I got bills to pay. If I don't make money, how am I going to feed myself, my family? Like, you just have to go out there and make money. So, you know, I just got really involved with the chamber and the community and just started promoting my business like crazy. And I, it, transformed it totally transformed and it was just nuts how I was like I was so nervous that I'm gonna fail I think a lot of people do that when they launch a business I'm gonna fail how am I gonna pay this rent I don't know what products to use I I didn't know what I was doing right I figured it out though
1: (laughs) I'm I'm glad you said like you went to the chamber and stuff it's kind of like you know the the good old-fashioned uh marketing thing you know it's not it's not, you know, because I put up you know, great pictures on Instagram. Like, like I, I went out there and I, I, I did the hustle, you know, and, and I think you're right, though. I think, um, you know, y- even if, if you're sitting in a salon now and you're intimidated to go to, uh, to go to the chamber, to go to, you know, any kind of like community events, like yeah, go open a sw- salon suite. You'll feel what hungry is <laughs> and then you'll be motivated to, to kind of do that. It's just funny how, how your priorities completely change once, once you once you've, um, dove two feet in.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, the chamber in my community has been instrumental with growing my business and my business is constantly evolving and changing. You know, I might not have the same clientele that I used to have 10 years ago, but that's okay. Cause I'm charging a lot more and I've got different specialties, different education, and it's a good thing to see your business evolve and grow. So how long were you in the salon suite? So I was in the salon suite for three years Um, and I would say that even though I really enjoyed creating this brand and this business out of nothing, I didn't like it. I felt very isolated. I was so used to the camaraderie of team that being by myself, I was like, is anybody going to talk to me? (laughs) You know, like I got to fold all the towels. I got to do the ordering. I'm wearing all the hats. Jennifer's like, Look what
1: I just did. Look what I just did. Right. Man, <laughs> yeah. there's nobody, there's nobody here to applaud me, man.
3: <laughs> Knocking down the suites. It, it was really cool though, to meet the other suite owners. I think that there was maybe 20 other suites in this building. Um, and that was really cool to like go um, to different suites and find out what are you guys doing? How is everything going? And I really found a new passion too, of like talking to them about business, you know, cause people would come in and say, how are you getting all these new clients or, you know, how, why are you, are charging how much, you know, what's your average ticket? Like, you know, people would come to me and like ask business advice. And, you know, like I said, I was just trying to figure it out because all of the business aspect of it, it really wasn't on top of my mind when I was a commission stylist behind the chair. Like my focus then was how do I cut really good hair? How do I do an amazing right. my focus was on technical skills. And so as soon as I got into the suite, I'm like, oh, this is, (laughs) this is, you know, real, this is uh, business stuff. And you just got to keep reading and learning and talking to people. Um, But that was really neat, though, to build those relationships with the other suite owners. And it's funny how like, clients would be like, isn't this a lot of competition? Like, Right Right across the hall, and I'm like, actually, no, people are referring clients to me, and sometimes I'm referring clients to them and so right. even though you you're completely separate businesses, all of a sudden you're building these um different external relationships with other business owners, and it's actually a beautiful thing
1: you know it's funny you brought that up I've never once felt in the salon suite that there's competition i've never no. until you said that, it never even dawned on me that that that, Oh, that is a competition across the hall. Right. right? I mean, I guess technically it is, but, but I've never, I've never felt that at all.
3: Yeah. I mean, everybody was so unique. Had they have such a different business model or how they do things. It was like, yeah, we're very, very separate people.
2: Yeah. So while you were in, um, you said, you know, business school and you develop all these relationships with these mentors and and retired, uh, you know, ex business professionals, while you were in the suite building this uh, three-year, um, I guess, clientele this business, did you still have uh, friendships with those people? Did, were they able to kind of, you know, give you input or help you? Or, but, I mean,
3: yeah, you know, I I had a great experience working with them. However, you know, I was working with like sixty, seventy-year-old lawyer, banker, great, great gentleman. However, I was like, I need people who are in my industry, who have been there, done that, um, who have maybe a younger mindset that could coach me. So I found more people within our um, industry that could help guide me of what does this business model look like? Um, it, it probably wasn't until like, I made that decision too that, like, look, I want to build a career that supports the life I want to live. And, and at that point, that's when I started saying, like, I need to really reach out to other people who have gone before me, maybe made those mistakes or who are successful and just research them. Um, and so that's, so to your point, I stopped working with the, the older volunteers and really seeked into the industry for guidance.
1: You know one thing about the industry too is that they they are so accommodating, right? Like like it seems like our industry we we kind of although we're all competition, you know especially now now that the industry's gotten so big, like you know I mean we're talking to her in Chicago, you know we, 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 without the podcast, without social media, there's no chance we ever meet, right? right. But but if you kind of reach out, you know outside of your your neighborhood where you're not seeing this competition, the, the industry's been amazing. I mean I know you know we we have a great relationship with Nikki Lee and she, she's she's all um she's so forthcoming about about how to do your business and nina's the same way you know just it's a very unique industry in that i I mean i've never been in another industry but but i really appreciate um you know our industry for for really really looking out for each other
2: you know yeah i I think more people are open now i don't think it was like that in the 90s i think like in the 80s and 90s although we weren't in here in the 80s but it seems a lot more cutthroat because we have friends in in the industry. Well,
1: there's no way to reach outside of your neighborhood. Right. Right. So now that you can reach outside of your neighborhood and like, you know, no matter, no matter how much, you know, Jennifer and I like each other, we're never going to be competition. Right. Right? We're never going to be competition. It's funny. Um, a friend of mine said that he, he, he's outside of the industry, but he compared our industry to, you know, I think you guys are kind of like the tattoo industry and I'm like, yeah, but I don't know if the tattoo industry, there's so much business, classes available to us i don't know if the tattoo industry has you know other tattoo artists saying this is how you run your business or like i can never imagine that conversation happening
2: no, I, I don't think so at all
1: Yeah, you know? i think that that's why we are unique yeah you know so jen so so you were in the suite for three years and then you know once again you, you had to make you know kind of a another shift right you had, you had to pivot once more um i don't know if you had to but but what was the decision or what was what was the planning to uh to now pivot into opening your own, um, into your own commission salon?
3: Yeah. So, so when I opened up the salon suite in February, I think it was maybe June that I hired somebody. Cause I was like, I don't like to work by myself. I need an assistant. <laughs> so I hired somebody right away. And then I was like, this suite's way too small. Right. I mean, there's only so much space in a salon suite. So I ended up moving into a larger salon suite and um from there i hired another girl um two girls and it was like it was like that's when the momentum started picking up and i was like i like this this is working i can see my business growing um from there i thankfully i, I was working with uh nina uh tulio and she you know mentored me greatly in and to helping me c- collect that momentum so i could keep growing my business um and so you know, I started creating policies and procedures and processes, and what makes refined beauty unique? What what makes us stand out? Why us? There's over 200 salons in my area. I think that was like always, you know, the what was blocking me from moving forward is that fear, and how am I going to be unique? Um, but the more that I did, the more that I was working with the coach and a mentor, the more clarity it was becoming. Um, and then for the longest time too, I was researching spaces that were available and I cannot tell you how many doors were shut in my face. Like landlords would say, I'm not interested in a salon or, you know, you've never been, you've never really been in business. I don't want to rent to you. And so it was like a constant, like door shut in my face of, all right, maybe this is not what I'm meant to do, but I would put it on the back burner, and a couple months later, I'd return to it, Um, and eventually, I was able to find something that actually fit my needs.
1: That's awesome. It reminds me, first, two things. One is, big shout out to Nina Tulio. She's a a great friend of the podcast. She's a great friend of us, so we're just, you know, huge, huge fans. Have you ever met her? Like, met her, met her?
3: No, I've never met her, met her.
1: Yeah, that was our, I mean, we, we'd known her for about a year and a half and had never met her. And, you know, we've, 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 we've done 20 hours together, but we actually finally got to meet her back in January. Um, no we got nice. to hang out in LA. We went out to LA for ice and we spent the whole weekend with her. and It was awesome. It was so fun. She's even cooler in person than, than she is uh, with the video relationship. Um, uh, back to like, you know, you kept getting the door slammed in your face. It kind of reminds me of a quote by, uh, by the great Randy Pausch. And uh, Randy said that, you know, brick walls are put in place to just test how bad you want it. And the brick walls are put in place for not you, but for the other people that don't want it bad enough. And uh, I've always lived on that quote, right? Isn't that a great one?
3: That's Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm so glad that I was able to bust through that brick wall because otherwise I wouldn't have been here. I kind of, there, and you know, I'm not going to lie, there's oftentimes as a business owner, I'm like. I'm done. I'm tossing the towel and I'm tired, sure. you know, but then like something great happens and you're all of a sudden like, ah, I'm so, I'm passionate. I love this. I'm excited again. Um, but sometimes you have to just, you have to put your mindset there though, because I mean, I mean, I, this is my first year open in a salon business and here we are with COVID. So
1: right. all things are
3: possible that. if you want it, right? If there's a will, there's a way.
1: There's a will. There's a way. What, when you were transitioning from the suite into like the commission salon, well, first off, did, did did your employees go with, did your employees at the suite go with you first off? And then second off, what what challenges did, did you have or what were the biggest challenges or the hurdles to get over a transitioning?
3: Um, yes. So the um, that employee, she's still with me. She is amazing. She's my rock, my right hand um, lady. And um, thankfully, yeah, she's still here today. And God, where should I start with challenges? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I'd have to say the place that I ended up finding to transition from the suite to the salon. Now, mind you, all these doors shut my face. So when I found this this place that it seemed so easy, I was like, "This this has to be right." It just felt right. I'm driving down the road, and all of a sudden, this two story house that was a salon that I've never really noticed before had a huge 4 lease sign on the front of it. And I'm like, that's it. That, that's it. I like felt it. I felt it. And I contacted the owner and he was like, um, yeah, the, the, the salon owner spoke to me. She's like, you remind me a lot of, of myself when I was your age and wanting to start a business. And so I met them. They actually live like right behind. They're great people. They live right behind the salon. Um, and it was just super easy. Um, to to get myself in there the challenges were this place needed some love it needed some TLC and um so we needed you know a design plan I needed a contractor where am I going to get that money (laughs) (laughs) and then also too there was still a lot of like battles in my mind and I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel that way of failure am I going to have the right team what products do I get where am I going to come up with this money? What if I don't have enough money? And all these like, what ifs and that evil voice is always like on your shoulder. Like, I don't think you can do this, you know, but I think that it's important that you recognize that voice and that you keep your vision and your eye on where you truly want your career and your life to go. And that voice will get smaller and smaller. Um, but the, the challenges really, I think, were like financial setting up. How do we make this transition? What about our clients? Are our clients going to like that? Um, but it it just all worked out. and You know, so, that, I mean, there's always, there's always going to be challenges in business. Have,
2: has your landlord been understanding under COVID? Have they been, uh, you know, uh. helpful, thoughtful, or... <laughs>
3: I wish they were a little bit more understanding. I I don't think that they were cruel or harsh, but you know, the bottom line is I still had to pay my rent. Um, you know, I think that, you know, even like the daily, the daily Herald came out and did like an interview at local newspaper. And they were trying to find out how long businesses could survive without bringing in income and with, our type of business, you know, I mean, how much could we really pivot? I mean, Corey, you were like wanting to sell that. I mean, we were getting scrappy here.
0: Right. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, got to yeah.
3: sell something. We got to provide, you know, it definitely was not enough. Um, but yeah, I still had to pay rent and we just made it happen. You know? Um, and thankfully my husband is a huge supporter of my business and my dreams. And I, I definitely couldn't survive honestly without, that support to have have a husband or have family and friends that are constantly like, "You got this, you can do this because mentally emotionally, it was i mean you guys know it was difficult,
1: yeah, it was difficult i i'm I talking about you know our, our salon I, I think our 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 sweet company did a great job as far as our rents go. was it completely free like solar no, it wasn't completely free, but um you know they they worked with us a whole bunch they gave us many many weeks free we had we definitely had to come with with a couple of weeks and and even moving forward uh, what they've decided to do is that they're just taking the money that we owe them and they're 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 spreading it out through the length of the lease yeah, right so we have a year yeah. so we have a year left they just added on to the money. which i i got to personally i think is 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 more than more than fair um for for what they did um yeah so when you first went into the salon, how did you advertise for, um, well, do you have any other staff or is it just you and her again? And then, um, or did you add to your staff?
3: Oh, yeah. I add to my staff. We, there's now four of us who are hairdressers. There's an esthetician and there's a spray tan artist. Um, you just can't stop. I mean, if, if you stop, then your, your business could potentially be dying. And so it's like every day promoting your business, marketing your business, training your staff trying to hire people. It's, it's nonstop. Uh, I think eventually they'll get to a point where it, it feels a little like you're on a groove of, of how things are operated. But in this very beginning, I mean, this is tough. This is really tough. There is just a lot of moving parts. Um, And I just, every day, I just have to wake up and be grateful um, because that keeps me
0: sane. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so any of those uh, hairdressers or estheticians or spray tanners from the other salon?
3: Oh, no, no. I have got my own people. I can do this. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I I have people from that other salon that reach out constantly. How did you open up a suite? How'd you open up a salon? Can I join you? And I've always taken the time to speak to them, but at the same time, like, I really don't want that business's people, you know, I I love them and I respect them, but I really want to build and and create my own thing. Um, So many of the salons in our area, and I don't know if it's like this in your area, but the larger salons, they came from other salons, large groups of them left. And for me, I believe in karma, the law of attraction. And I feel like if I was to do something like that, who's to say that my team wouldn't do that to me? And so yeah. I really want to create a solid foundation with my team based on like my culture and what I believe is true in the industry, you know?
1: It's funny you brought up culture because um, you brought it up uh, even earlier about, you know, what makes you unique. And, and we brought it up even earlier talking about, um, you know, how, how you take care of your staff. Like, like, is culture something that you think about? Do you have a culture plan in your head? Do you, do you know what you want to create?
3: I do. And it's um, so I have this um, hand guide, thankfully, with Nina, who was like, you got to have this, you got to have that. Um, But my, my basically, like my employee guideline is very simple. Um, Our culture is do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. It's simple. Mm -hmm. And that goes for how you treat your guests, how you treat your teammates, how you treat me, how I treat you. And so it's just about, you know, give and take and and respect and it's let's just keep it simple it it doesn't have to be complicated (laughs) so that's You, you know that's really what I wanted to create
2: all right do you have uh contracts with all your employees
3: the contract is you sign this and this is what you abide to and if you if you go off path with that we'll have that conversation but if you really uh, if you really go off path, you just you 're not a good fit and I you know I was under contract for eleven years. I probably would have left earlier in that salon if i didn't have a contract, but I felt handcuffed, and like many people do when they have a contract, they feel like they don 't have a choice they don 't feel like they can leave because where am I going to go i 've got to go how many miles away from this salon i 'm going to have to rebuild my clientele and so they don 't really feel like there's much hope or vision for them and I want my staff to want to be with me. I don't want them to feel like they have to stay. You can leave at any time. The door is always open for you to come in or you for for you to leave. Um, I just I just don't agree with the contracts because um, I know how I felt with one.
1: Jen, what about um, like I'm going to put it in quotes? Uh, courageous com- uh, c- courageous conversations don't come natural to me at all, right? Like how do, what have you, do they come natural to you for one or then two. like, what's your mantra going into that?
3: Um, I'm not good at that at all. Um, confrontation freaks me out. <laughs> I have to like right. mentally prepare myself. Um, you know, and I think too, I'm always like thinking to myself, like if I'm going to have a courageous conversation with my staff, I like marinate on that conversation for probably a good week because I, I'm. I'm sensitive. So I'm like, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, This is a problem. though. This is bothering me. Um, And I know that the longer I'm in business, the more confident that I'm going to become with creating those courageous conversations. Um, But I think in the end, if you just had those conversations with good intentions, you know, like I obviously want to have these conversations with my staff uh, because I care about them and I care about my business. Um, right. you know, and, and even when I had that courageous conversation with my old boss, you know, like there was no bad blood there. I was just being very transparent and, and honest and letting them, you know, I think you at the end of the day, you can't go wrong with having that courageous conversation if the intentions are correct.
1: Yeah, we uh, well, first off, if I waited a week for that conversation, I wouldn't sleep for a week. <laughs>
2: <You know? laughs> I, I
1: would be going into that uh, conversation completely sleep
3: deprived.
2: Yeah, but after you told your boss you were uh, you wanted to open up your own salon, you were there for 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 many years. After. Several years yeah.
3: afterwards, yeah, That's- yeah, and you know what? I sometimes I think to myself, what I have, what I have left if the opportunities were still present, I can't tell you how many times that I was like, I want to sit at this table. I've got these ideas. I want to help. I want to grow the business. And they were like, they're there, step aside. (laughs) And you know, now that I'm an owner, I can, I can respect that and say, you know, it's your family business. It's, it's what you guys want to do. And you have to protect your business and what is happening behind the scenes, you know, Um, So I understand that now. But looking back, I was like, well, fine. If you don't want my opinion,
2: (laughs) I'm out of here. That's a lesson as as well, because uh, this is kind of going back earlier in the conversation where, um, you know, your dreams and your ambition are different than reality sometimes. Right. So, you know, you might want to hold off on telling your boss your dreams and your ambition until you're ready to make it a reality because otherwise you could end up like you where you're there several years and you lost opportunity to grow, uh, in certain ways because they're thinking that you're leaving tomorrow and, you know, and it could be years, but you know what I mean? You might've put a, a, something in front of you that didn't need to be there. Yeah. No doubt. It's an unneeded hurdle. Right? right.
3: Yeah. I mean, I obviously can't change the past and, um, you know, it, it really molded and, and helped me to where I am today and how my viewpoint is on business. So I'm glad that I did that. And it was a difficult lesson to learn. But at the same time, I feel like it's going to be to my advantage for how my business grows and thrives. Yeah, so it's not always a bad thing, but yeah, I w- I would agree, Tony. I don't think that you need to address your boss if you're thinking about doing. Something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so if one of your employees now came to you and said, "You know what, one day I want to open up a slot," so th- that's going to be a decision. Do you or when the you know, do you stop them from growing, or do you change their mind and, and you want to keep them there? So you. You know, I you would know, do you
3: everything know. I could to persuade them if I like them enough. And I like all of my staff right now very much. And so I would say, this is a reflection on me. What am I not doing correctly? That you're getting this idea that it's going to be the grass is greener on the other side. I'm not doing something right if you're thinking about doing something that, like that.
1: Um, I, I'm going to hold you to that. Hold on, Jen. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, you, you know, as well, as, well, maybe you don't know, but, but, you know, when, when we were in hair school, 90% of the people that you would talk to wanted to open a salon, right? Sure. And are driven to open a salon. So, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't think you have to own that they want to open a salon. Like you don't have to own that energy that it could just be an ambition that they have just, even if it's just to see if they could do it. I mean, I think the great thing about the salon suite is that, you know, you're able to, taste that a little bit you know you're able to taste that business and I got to be honest being in a salon suite the last thing I would want to do now is to open a commissioned salon but but I definitely had um I definitely had fantasies and thoughts that I wanted to do it so you know I'm, I'm gonna kind of give you a hard time and kind of let you off the hook because I, I don't necessarily think you have to own that it's not because you're doing something wrong you could just be just an ambition that they have to be a salon owner
3: oh I, I agree with you and I'm so glad too that I didn't dive off the deep end and open up a salon right away, I am so glad that I chose to do the salon suite option first because it bought me time to understand the business side of things and to really take a big bite of what this could look like because when you are a salon suite owner, it's it's up to you if you're going to be successful or not you no longer can complain about this salon's dirty or, mm-hmm. you know, where's my guest? where's my clients at? Um, it's nobody's fault, but your own. And I'm so glad. And I would recommend this to anybody who thinks that they would like to open up a salon to do a salon suite first, because you do have to know all the business portions of it. And there's just so much that goes into it and you have to have um, the determination and the, uh, the focus and the and not just the passion, but determination to to go the distance. And when you open up a salon suite, you might decide, you know what, this is perfect. I like this, and that's going to prevent you, I think, from a lot of financial struggles down the road. Um, so I'm so glad that I chose to do the salon suite first.
2: And the salon suite, you know, here you are, you're and you have one employee, and that's yourself for the most part. And you can run the business operations. Now you own a salon, a commission salon. Are you still taking as many clients? Are you still behind the chair as much as you were when you were in a suite? Or are you you dropping back a little bit?
3: Um, I wish I was dropping back. But I'd have to say right now I'm working more than probably ever. Just because I'm behind the chair. I got to make up for 11 weeks that we were off. I mean, where's that money coming from? You know, plus my expenses from a salon suite to a salon owner, like five times more. And so I've got to, I have to, um, make sure that I'm able to provide all of that all for all the bills. Like, and my motto is at least right now is that if everybody left me tomorrow, can I still survive? And I have to be behind the chair right now. My dream ultimately is to be the business owner, help my team grow, market my business and grow that and not be behind the chair. Maybe not totally. Um, I kind of want to, you know, keep my uh, toe in the water, but um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm working behind the chair. I'm doing all the marketing and it's hot. <laughs> you
1: um have, have you hired outside help aside from like meme and stuff have you hired like marketing companies or pr companies or anything like that to kind of help you along the way
3: you know once okay so march 21st was the day that we closed um the salon for covid thinking it was two weeks i have been keeping my eye on this business coach and i decided i'm gonna hire her her focus is on marketing And I knew, I know that that's what really is going to create more, generate more foot traffic to my business. And if I'm trying to grow my team um, and generate more business, I need to be really smart with marketing. I do hair really good. I do makeup really good marketing. Yeah. So I'm still learning. And that's why I was like, I got to hire her. And I know that by constantly learning this other Avenue, that's going to be, What's going to move the needle in my business? I I knew that at that point I needed to pivot and really hone in on that and focus and research that. So it's definitely you know not my forte, but when you're a business owner now, it's like it doesn't. Yeah, you should cut hair good or do makeup good, but if you're a business owner, you got to do business really good. Um, And I'm learning that really fast. So um, yeah, so I I hired a, a business coach teaching me about marketing and how to gain more foot traffic um, I just hired a social media manager because social media is like full time um, and then the the girl who's been with me now for three years she's our director of operations so she's helping me a lot behind the scenes at the salon too you, I can't do it all I can't I would go nutty bananas and I something would fall short something I would fail at something wouldn't get finished I you have to delegate.
2: And that's something you just you brought up. You said you can't do it all. And when you're a sweet owner, you do it all. So somehow, not only when you open up a, a commission salon, now you got to learn how to not be able to do everything, right? And so you you learn that is right? In the beginning, you were doing everything. Now you learn, okay, I need to hire a, a a social media expert. I need to hire a business coach, and that's that's a process in itself. Learning to give stuff up, <laughs> right?
3: Yeah, I think working at the commission salon, though, I realized and I knew that, like, I, I know that having a team, you know, what what is that one saying? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so, I learned very quickly when I opened that suite. I need an assistant. I need some help. I can't do this by myself. So, even in the salon suite, before even like looking for an actual salon. I hired an assistant and I also hired a social media manager. Um, I, I, I needed help with that. And I really relied heavily too on my sales rep, you know, keep, keep me informed. What's happening in the beauty industry with products, what sales are going on? How should I promote my, my retail products? Because that was super important that, to sell retail. And I'm, I'm very surprised by how many salon suites I see that have very little retail to sell.
1: Yeah, I'm one of them you know for real i mean i just it it, it's it becomes it becomes a big expense it becomes uh it just becomes something else i mean i do carry i i carry well let me back up i used to carry uh kevin murphy but there was for me there was way too many skews to keep up with because it's, it's a it's a large line um and then I moved to uh, to 11, right? Uh, 11 Australia, a little bit smaller line. But now I'm with now I'm with uh, uh, Color Wow, and I carry all the Color Wow products. But only, not only, I, first of all, I love this. I love the product, but it's just a smaller line, so it's easier to kind of like keep track of. You know, I think there's only like 20 SKUs or something like that. So so I can, I can I can keep I can keep track of that. And that's Um,
3: the cool thing about sweets because you can choose that route. You can choose nothing or you can choose a whole bunch of different lines if you want to, you know, you call the shots.
1: Right. And I mean, I think, I think when you, when you mentioned before that our, our, you know, sweets are hurting our, our, our industry. I mean, the first thing that I think about it is that, you know, it's the big, it's the big companies that are saying this, that are putting that out because there's no way in the world that I can possibly sell as many products. As, as a big salon can right so and, and we know that because we don't even get i don't know about your suite but our suite gets very very little bit of reps you know like like our our, our salon centric rep our Cosmoprof reps they just don't show up anymore you know so you know there's obviously they're not making money where we are and because there's 20 different salons
2: inside of there you know the the, the, the
1: take is so small yeah you the commission
2: with you is much smaller than a commission with a big salon so if there if i had a i Time to go to a big salon, or yeah, I'm gonna go to a big salon.
1: Yeah, yeah no doubt. I mean, I understand it. I certainly understand it, but but I, I definitely see that you know the product companies aren't super stoked about about um.
3: I, yeah, sales. and Corey and I definitely felt that way when I got into Salon Suite versus at the Commission Salon. We had all these you know big name brands, educators coming in. Always a ton of support, and here I am by myself in a salon suite, and I felt like I didn't matter, and that I wasn't making a difference in the beauty industry. And like I went through seven reps with one um, particular company, and I was like, "What is the matter with you guys?" <laughs> and, and I was like, "And why aren't you supporting us? You've got twenty client potential clients that you could have that we could be selling your products and promoting this, and not only making money for ourselves but making you money too." And you know, salon suites are definitely becoming um, bigger in business that,
2: right.
3: you know, I, it, it's just a shame that so many reps kind of like, ah, they're not going to be a big enough account for me. So I'm not going to give them my time. And that definitely bothered me and the salon suite for sure. But I did find one company that was extremely supportive. They would bring in educators to our small salon suite. And oh, nice. I mean, I, I, I am still doing business with them because they were there when I didn't think I mattered to anybody.
1: That's so cool. Jen, um, people listening in, how can they, uh, how can they find you or where, where, where are you to be found?
3: Um, yes, please follow me on Instagram.com back forward slash Jennifer Jade Alvarez. Um, and then also I have a Facebook group too, where we talk more about the salon suite business. Um, and that is facebook.com forward
2: slash groups, forward slash salon suite businesses. Salon suite businesses. That's awesome.
1: Jan, dude, thanks for sharing your journey with us, man. It was a, it, it it's an, it, it, it's a journey, right? I mean, it's a, I, I like that. We could like, yeah, this isn't easy. You know, so many times, you know, when you talk to people um, kind of that have done this, they, uh, they, they want to, they want to paint this rosy picture and, and, and it's never,
2: ever, ever that way. Right. It's That's so true. That was, that
3: was so me. This big, big, big picture, and it's like you know what? Sometimes you have to take steps, you know, before you start running.
2: Yeah, and, and and it's great that you know we have so many people that are willing to come on here and share what the real journey is like. You know what I mean? And if you have, you got to have that special character in you to to want to climb that mountain. And, yeah. and you know what I mean? Not all of us are mountain climbers
1: that's a great analogy <laughs> that might be the name of the podcast some of us aren't mountain- <laughs> right <laughs> i'm just kidding but <laughs> that's a great analogy jen dude thank you man thanks for hanging out with us uh thanks for uh, joining us all the way from chicagoland
0: yeah Chicago. <laughs> thank you guys so much thank you,
1: me, thank you tony yeah, thank you very much. Jennifer Alvarez, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. You. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it,